The Patriots put up a horrendous performance on Monday night against the Bears, creating a must-win game against the Jets this Sunday in Jersey. This is the Press Pass. I am Chris Rydell. Much of the talk across New England this week has been the handling of the quarterback situation by Patriots head coach Bill Belichick, letting Mac Jones start the game against the Bears, play the first three drives, and then removing him after he threw an interception. Bailey Zappi came in. The next two drives ended in touchdowns, turning a 13-0 deficit into a 14-13 Patriots lead. However, the next 20 points would all be scored by the Bears. Zappi no touchdowns or scoring drives at all in his last five drives of the game. So that brought us into this week, the decision to be made about who would start for the Patriots. And also we should bring into focus as well how the Patriots fans acted during the course of the game against the Bears, progressively chanting for Bailey Zappi, booing Mac Jones, and that obviously had a detrimental impact on Jones and the Patriots players as a whole, as many expressed frustration with how the fans acted. I talked with Patriots head coach Bill Belichick about how the fans treated Mac Jones in the 33-14 loss to the Bears on Monday night. Morning, Bill. Um, given the dynamics of how everything happened last night with the, the fans obviously chanting for Bailey and uh, the way things happen with Mac. Are you concerned that last night could be problematic in terms of his development and confidence? Uh, I think Mac has plenty of confidence. Just what were your feelings about? Obviously, we worked hard to get back. Jacoby mentioned, you know, that the fan reaction was was difficult to hear. What were your thoughts on you know how the fans were obviously consistently chanting for Bailey while Mac was trying to perform? Yeah, I really can't control that, and I'm just trying to coach the football team, and obviously I got a lot of work to do there, so I'm going to focus on that. I also talked with Patriots running back Ramondre Stevenson. Just Ramondre, were you surprised by the result tonight? What was kind of the, the mood in the locker room after? Because it felt like you guys had so much positive momentum building over the last couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, we've been playing well the last couple of weeks, and yeah, this loss is, is disappointing, like any loss is, but just uh, – you know how our season started and just trying to get back on track it this definitely took you know a toll on our uh toll on our record not really our confidence no we just need to perform better than yeah, yeah it seems like your consistency still where at times the, the group looks good you're you're all kind of meshing together you have that offensive cohesion what do you see on the offensive side of all it's difficult with you know the quarterback situation but from your perspective how do you create more cohesiveness uh just that you do that through practice, just just week by week, just trying to get that team chemistry, just knowing where uh, one another is going to be, things like that. So at the end of the day, it just comes down to executing better and just playing better football. Is this still a confident group? Do you guys still feel that this is obviously a team that has the ability to go wherever you want? Yeah, we have the ability to do whatever we want. It's just it's up to us to just come to work every day and you know put our best foot forward um, throughout the week and then on Sundays, Mondays, Thursdays. The defense was also really, really bad for the Patriots in this game. It was probably the biggest story. Here's Devin McCourty on that. Dev, you said this was a poor showing across the board. What do you think led to that? And was there you know, the appropriate fear, if you will, for the Bears? You let down. What do you kind of point to when you say it's a poor showing across yeah, the board? Uh, I wish I knew. I would say as an athlete, you play in games sometimes where you do everything. You know, I think 
Being an athlete is about routine. You build a routine on Wednesdays, a Wednesday, a Thursday, a Thursday. The days move, but you kind of keep that same routine. So I say you always walk in feeling good. You know, I, I still remember talking to my brother when he went winless in the season. It's the same thing. You feel good every week, um, and it doesn't turn out. And tonight, you know, it was terrible. So um, if I knew at some point during the week it felt like that, you know, I think all of us would have addressed it and tried to, to get it back. But, you know, it didn't feel like that coming into tonight. Um, but it's one of those games where, you know, I think it, it didn't start off well and we got to do a better job when it doesn't start well to keep going, to keep fighting, to turn the page within the game and get going and play better. Um, and I don't think we did a good job of that tonight. You know, we didn't, we didn't get off to a good start that we've done the last few games. And I think we let that kind of just crush us and we never got going again. Like, yeah, we had some good plays in there, but I would say overall, like we never at any point in the game played good football. And they came out ready to go. They were on us. They played well for 60 minutes, and, you know, that's why the game looked the way it did. All right, we are on to the Jets here in week eight of the NFL season. Patriots at three and four. The Jets are at five and two, certainly flipping the script on the Jets teams of previous seasons. I talked with Bill Belichick about what's been different about this Jets group. What's been the uh, Jets' biggest areas of growth from uh, compared to last year? Um, and that well, look, the biggest difference in, in their record in their season is the fourth quarter. I mean, they outscored their opponents by 54 points in, in, uh, in the fourth quarter. So it's, it's a good place to start. Um, they played well in most critical situations in the game, in all three phases of the game. And it's one of the reasons why they have a good record. And they're solid. They've improved in every area of the game, but that's, you know, to win games. And, outscore your opponents by that much in the fourth quarter that's it's gonna gonna get you on the you know in the winning end in the winning column that's what it's done Bill, how about the way they've protected them also spoke with patriots cornerback jalen mills jalen mobile quarterbacks have been problematic for this defense mm-hmm. this year what stood out to you on tape after watching obviously the performance against fields lamar mm-hmm. previous and how do you improve moving into this jets game yeah, um, I think it's the the broken plays. Um, of course, with those two guys, they're a little bit different um, as far as you know their their athletic ability, but they are kind of similar as far as the quarterback runs and things like that. But I think it's more the broken plays and 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 those third down plays where you get into coverage and it's the the plaster rule goes into play. Um, so I think that's that's kind of the biggest thing when you're talking about mobile quarterbacks. From your perspective as a cornerback, are those the guys that are most challenging to play against? Because you're playing against obviously a top flight wide receiver, you're trying to stay with him, mm-hmm. and it's difficult to do that when the play's extended, right? Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, and, and especially you know how the rules are now, um, you can't really touch the receivers. You know, after five yards um, and different things like that. So you really have to rely on your technique, but. Um, when you're playing against quarterbacks like that and, and like you're saying, receivers, I think it's the pass rush and the coverage. They just have to marry up, you know, and when that happens, you know, good things happen. And, and when it doesn't happen, then that's when you get the, the quarterback running for the first down or, you know, the scramble drill and it's an explosive play down the field. What's Wilson doing better this year compared to last year? Um, when he's scrambling, he's looking downfield more. You know, he was doing that a little bit last year, and then sometimes he would take his eyes from down the field and maybe taking off running. I think now he's he's more locked in as far as looking down the field and, and trying to extend the play and make a play. 
Bill mentioned the fourth quarters as being a major area of strength for them and where they've improved and, and grown. What have you seen from them in the fourth quarters, and what generally goes into being a good fourth quarter team? Yeah, um, I think it comes down uh, to execution. Um, to, to answer both of those questions, they're, they're executing really well in the fourth quarter, and I think when it comes to any team, um, execution, a lot of these games are tight right now, you know, in, in the league, and, and that's what it comes down to, the fourth quarter, and who can execute the best, whose defense can stay off the field, and whose offense can stay on the field the longest. A lot of media focus this week on the offensive side of the football for the Patriots, with the quarterback situation. But defense, obviously, you guys have to make some improvements. What has been kind of the, the mood behind the scenes with this group this week leading into a big game? Um, I, I think it's the biggest thing is get back to being us, you know, for one. Um, uh, two is, 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 is execution again, you know, and, and, and that comes with, you know, alignment and, and assignment, you know, knowing what we're doing as far as the call and then, you know, executing your assignment. And, and that, that's, that's, the, that's the best answer I can give you. All right, Jalen Mills right there. So let's look at this matchup with the Jets. Patriots, again, have to win this game. To be realistic about them making the playoffs, they need to have a 10-7 and record. Patriots are currently at 3-4. and They lose this game. They drop to 3-5. and They need to go 7-2 and the rest of the way. Schedule has still two games against the Buffalo Bills, another game against the Jets at home, another game against the Dolphins at home. They go to Minnesota to take on the Vikings on Thanksgiving as well. So it's unreasonable, if you've looked at the body of work for the Patriots this year, to think that they are suddenly going to win seven of their last nine games when the schedule includes those teams. So it needs to start with a victory against the Jets. The Patriots are going to be the more desperate team going into this game, but they're also going to be the less healthy of the two teams, particularly when it comes to the defensive side of the football. Patriots are likely to be without both Christian Barmore and Kyle Duggar for this game. Those are two of the Patriots' best players two of their best three players on their defense at this point in time outside of uh, Matthew Judon. You could put Dietrich Wise in that mix as well, but certainly two of the best four players for the Patriots on the defensive side of the football this season. Let's travel back in time to April when the Patriots made the first round selection of Cole Strange. Eyebrows were raised. Bill Belichick was mocked by Sean McVay of the Rams for selecting Strange that early in the draft. The Patriots offensive line has been problematic, particularly looking at Isaiah Wynn. However, the play of Strange has been really, really important for this team, and this offensive line is not going to be completely healthy either. You mentioned some of the problems on the defensive side of the football injury-wise. David Andrews is most likely not going to play either after suffering a concussion in the game against the Chicago Bears on Monday night. I talked with Cole Strange about what's been a very productive season for him to date. What stood out to you on film about what you guys have done, particularly as an offensive line over the last couple weeks, where it feels like the protection for Bailey has been there on a pretty consistent basis? Yeah. um, I feel like we're improving, you know. Um, I feel like it really just comes down to making sure, like, you know, you're doing the assignment. Sounds boring, but like you have the right play call, you execute the right assignment, do your best to block Kurt with the correct technique. <laughs> That's the tough part. But um, I don't know. I feel like we're improving um, and getting better each week. Yeah, and obviously each lineman has their own responsibilities. But as a group, how important is it to have that cohesiveness? And how do you kind of know when you're working the best that you can collectively, not just individually? 
excuse me um i feel like that's a huge part you know like o-line chemistry uh, communication like being able to communicate with each other and know what the others are thinking and saying uh i feel like that's a huge part of it and i feel like um you know just like with how we've been doing the past few weeks, I feel like we've been getting better at that. And I feel like the more you play together as a unit and with other guys, like that only improves over time. I don't know how closely you follow the, the rankings and stuff, but you've been throughout the course of the season ranked as amongst the best at your position. Um, are you surprised about the type of you know success you've had this early on? Because it seems like you're consistently winning your battles as well um, with the defensive linemen that you're matched up with. I actually didn't know that. I don't really follow too much of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, to be honest with you, <laughs> every single play that I've had this year, I feel like I could look at and pick out something wrong. So it's cool that people are, you know, ranking me. But uh, for the most part, I feel like I have a lot to improve. So that's kind of where my mind is. So obviously, coming into this season, there was a lot of discussion about the Patriots' pick of you, and a lot of drama surrounding that. I'm curious as to how much you paid attention to that at all, or did you feel, you know, that you needed to prove anything coming into the season, given what outside people are saying? No. No, honestly, uh, you know, it's it's the highest level, but it's just ball, you know. That's really all there is to it. <laughs> Do you feel that that's kind of led to a lot of your success this year is that you have not been, you know, intimidated in any way, shape, or form by who you're going up against and yeah. you have kind of had a level-headed attitude of and kind of a quiet confidence in what you've done? Yeah, I mean, I guess so. I feel like it's just, uh, you know, it's just focusing on, it's boring, you know. It sounds boring, but it's just like you got to focus on your assignment. You got to focus on your technique and uh, the guy you're going against. Like, kind of have a decent idea of how he plays, and um, you know, intimidation and, and rankings. I feel like all that stuff don't really matter too much. You know, you just you just got to prepare and then play to it on game day. All right, Cole Strange right there. We're going to get back to the Patriots in a little bit and go inside the game with Nick Folk, the Patriots kicker. But first, I want to touch base on what the Boston Bruins and the Boston Celtics have been doing as of late. And both of these teams are off to really good starts to their respective seasons. For the Bruins and Celtics, both have new coaches and both have uh, obviously veteran players who are looking to win championships this year. For the Bruins, last night we saw a return to the lineup for Brad Marchand as the team put five goals in the back of the net, defeating the Detroit Red Wings 5-1 to one at TD Garden. The Bruins boys and girls are 7-1 and one to start the season. They have been very impressive, scoring 35 goals in those eight games. That is by far the most goals put out by any NHL team to date. I talked with Bruins defenseman Hampus Lindholm about the team's hot start. Obviously a really good start for this group. What, in your view, has kind of come together early in the season to create the results? Uh, no, obviously we're still in the group in here. Everyone wants to win, and uh, we can really go back to that in times when maybe we play a great greatest hockey some of these games and uh, I think that's a strength of ours and I think we can just dial in all the other stuff too I think it's going to be a fun year. What do you like about this team so far in terms of the style of play, the guys in the room what is your sense about kind of the identity early on? I think it's just a culture of sports in Boston and it's, it goes all the way into this locker room the way guys care in themselves and the proud, the pride everyone has to wear the the, the beast jersey, and uh, it's it's just fun to be be part of. 
That's something you talked about that you wanted to be a part of when you first traded here about that kind of old school sports type of culture and that the history. Has it lived up to you know the expectations? And, and how much do the guys who have been here for a while, like Marshan, obviously Krejci coming back, do they kind of carry on that tradition and everyone kind of works off of that? Yeah, no, it's all those guys you mentioned there. They've been around the league forever and they've been doing some uh, some great stuff on the ice and off the ice so i'm super happy to be part of it and uh, learn some stuff from them and uh, hopefully can carry on the legacy here uh, for for the years so i'm going to be here with, with the rest of the guys and super excited and i think we we get the best fans in the world so i'm super excited to be here how much more comfortable are you now than you know, maybe in the playoffs last year where you came in obviously high expectations with the trade then yeah. the injury um do you feel like this is kind of like a, a fresh start a new beginning for you and in fact you're establishing yourself here early yeah no it's of course it's it's always tough when you get traded and then you you, you start playoffs being injured like you, that's never <laughs> you it's kind of guaranteed you're gonna get something going in the playoffs anyway so starting off with injury is never fun and of course, that, that sucked a little bit, but as I said, we got a resilient group and great team, so we, we were close there too, but for me, obviously, personally, I think it's fun coming into a fresh start, fresh year, and uh, just really showcase my game, and hopefully I can build here and get better as long as the year goes on. The fans are like, this is a big body, this is somebody we like to have on the back end, a traditional Bruins player, but I've noticed, in addition to that, is how well you skate and how you cut angles and, and so forth. How big of a piece is your your skating and how much do you, you have to be as a, a, a guy that is bigger? How much is, is skating an important part of your game? Yeah, no, if, you, if you're just big and can't move, you don't really do any good out there. So I think that's always been a strength of mine, and I try to make plays happen with my skating. And then obviously I got a big frame, so I try to be really strong in front of that and help out to clean out the, in front of uh, Sway and uh, Linus. And is that a bigger part of the game than did folks understand? Because in the past, obviously, guys just pound away in front of the net on the power play um, or the PK. Yeah. Has, how does the kind of the, the rule changes hurt you for, in regard to doing that? Or do you feel like you're able to establish you know, that net front presence, getting guys out of the way? Yeah, I think, like, like you said, it take away like that, I guess, like really meet and just shove kind of game. But at the same time, if you have got a big body, they still have to skate through you to get to the net. So you can still uh, use it to your advantage if you're smart about it. So and obviously it helps out having some uh, quick feet when those little fours try to jump around you. But uh, I think it's, it's the reason why like, if you're a big defenseman, it's especially come playoff times, I think you have a small advantage, especially when it comes because it's usually those little things that will play a big part in games. How do you view the offensive side of the game and how often you jump into the play, when you jump into the play, and as a guy that is relied upon to play big minutes and be a guy that's really solid in his own zone, how do you kind of bridge the gap between the two so you are contributing offensively? Yeah, I think you be smart, pick your spots. Like Obviously, the longer you play as a D, it's funny how... When you're young, you don't think of it, but the game gets a little bit easier just position-wise and when to go and what to do, where and when, and not waste as much energy maybe like you did when you were younger. So it's just maintaining the game and be uh, be smart out there. But as, as I said, I've, when you play a lot, sometimes it's e- even easier because you, you just kind of start, it's almost like a train, you just keep on rolling. Yeah, that was going to be actually my final question. What areas do you think you, you've grown and is picking your spots? the biggest area where you'll maybe not extend too much energy in certain circumstances where do you think you've you've grown the most as a defenseman via experience yeah I think that and also uh, I think my offensive game is something that I feel like I can spark a little bit here more just kind of like you said jumping up into place and just be smart excuse me be smart with the puck too like don't don't uh, throw it away or just kind of 
shoot with no screen, try to challenge uh, the player in front of you and uh, make something happen. All right, Hampus Lindholm right there. Let's go inside the game now with Patriots kicker Nick Folk. At what point did you feel like you started to really understand, or maybe you haven't at that at this point yet, all the complexities when it comes to having you know, success when it comes to the weather, everything that goes into, as you mentioned, a specified position? Um, I think you just take it day by day, um, especially playing here and in the AFC East. you got to take it day by day, game by game. Um, you can practice as much as you want in crazy conditions, and then it might be regular, normal. You can practice in the reg- normal conditions, and it might be crazy. So you got to take it day by day, work on it um, day in, day out, and uh, just kind of be ready to go with whatever's throwing your way. How much do you like that challenge and that, as you mentioned, if you're kicking in a dome, everything's pretty consistent. Uh, when you're kicking here, you could have a 10-mile-an-hour wind. You could have a 17-mile-an-hour wind, and there's obviously some variable that comes with each mile-per-hour difference, mm-hmm. where it's coming from, when it's swirling, all of that. So is that something that you enjoy, or do you look at this and you're like, yeah, I've got to try to figure this out today? No, I, I, I enjoy it. I think that's, that's, that's part of the fun in this whole thing is kind of you're almost – quickly problem solving situations um and i enjoy that part um trying to to figure out what ball to hit how to hit it and make sure you're doing the the thing the right way to make make the ball whenever it's with whatever condition you've got so uh, i think it's fun i i really enjoy that part um it's just a a challenge and uh i enjoy it most kickers talk about just completely drowning out the crowd. It's just them in, in the moment. I'm interested in what it is like for for you. Do you want to be calm? Do you want to have you know a little bit of anxiety? Is that just kind of natural when you give when you're considering you know the stakes in certain moments? Uh, yeah, I think when you know when, when you still have a little bit of that inside, I think you know it's you know you're still feeling it, which is good. But I think that that's when you rely on your routine and your um communication with the specialists especially with jake and joe for me um we have good communication we talk things through and then you go out there and you have the same routine same rhythm every time try to as best you can um i think that's uh you know we, we've just tried to create a good rhythm since i've been here and we've been able to uh kind of just keep rolling so hopefully we can keep it going Final thing, worst conditions you've you've kicked in. Obviously, the Buffalo game from last year kind of comes to mind because the wind in in that game. What's the, the worst conditions you've kicked in? And will you go to Bill if you're having trouble in warm up and the wind's doing whatever it's doing and be like, "Hey, this is the best I can give you today." Uh, yeah, as far as that goes, I mean that's just part of the communication process. You know, we we all talk uh, pregame, or at least I communicate that through Cam and Joe Houston. Um, and then you know, like that last that Buffalo game last year, we we were I went out there and I had a normal warm up and tried to f- kind of figure things out where we could, you know, realistically make kicks from on both ends. Um, I think that's a, a goal every week is to go out there and and figure out a, a range where you feel comfortable making it. Um, you know, things happen, things change. Uh, as far as the worst game, that was one of them. I played a game here in twenty. 2010 with when I was with the Jets that was pretty tough um this Monday night game it was wind coming howling out of the tunnel um out of the open end um so I mean I played a few few rough games but just deal with them one at a time and and kind of as they come
does snow and rain matter that much when it comes to the footing, or is it mostly just wind that you can uh, that concerns you? Um, when it comes to the footing, that all depends on if you're in turf or grass. Um, obviously, turf, you know, it's a consistent footing. Grass, you're 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 just depends on the field. Um, and then the, the the rain, not too much, especially here on, on you know grass fields. Obviously, yeah, snow. I guess that really depends on the amount of snow that's on the field. Um, but, you know, just, again, it just, it, you get in all these hypotheticals and how it would work, and you just don't don't know until you get out there, you know? So um, be prepared for everything and um, just be ready to go.